It's another Thursday. It's another podcast. Um, I don't have a great cold open for you all today, but uh, what's up, Parlay Pete, man? How you doing? Doing fantastic. Just got some uh, oysters um, and a little whistle pig, so we're ready to go. That sounds like a, a great, great night. I, I played men's league basketball today, and um, I got some water. Okay. What Now, when you say men's league, does this mean that you were running said league and leading scoring? Did you guys win? Which is oh, we, 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 that. did you win? We lost by seven, man. Okay, well, at least did you give them work? Ah, uh, yeah, I gave them a little twenty ball. Give them a little twenty ball. Do you guys play? So is it like a full game, like mm-hmm, forty like, minute, uh, forty minute, minute yeah, or twenty, 20 minute half. half, yeah. Little college yeah. ball, huh? Yeah, man, it, it was rough out there though. I couldn't find the jumper. Touch at, at the rim was off. But uh, so <laughs> were you Westbrook? No, I wasn't Westbrook. He wasn't that. He wasn't that ugly of a twenty. Well, you're making it sound like you didn't make the shots, but you were going to the hole and having success. That sounds like Westbrook to me. I I did hit a three and I did hit a couple middies. It's just not not like you want. Good to make a three. Sometimes I guess I I was one for two from three. Westbrook would be one for eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. But no one cares about that. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's a. You know what? I might rather watch men's league basketball than watch another Pro Bowl. Man, or you could even hop on the wave of what me and Justin are doing. We've been watching women's hockey. It's it's actually pretty fucking entertaining, especially with the Winter Olympics on. But, no, yeah, the Pro Bowl, I mean, I, like I told you in the pre-production meeting, I, I didn't even watch it. But watching the clips, you know, seeing Mac Jones gritty. And, you know, what, stuff like that is what the Pro Bowl is for. Yeah. Give the fans a little – nobody expects Mac Jones to do a gritty, right? And then it'd be a fake touchdown. It's not like he really scored. But he takes it to the house because, you know what, he knew that that was going to be his only chance to do it. He wasn't going to do it after the first down. He's got to do it in the end zone. He got the fans riled up. You know, that's what the Pro Bowl is all about, you know? It is. And did you see where some of the players came out and said, if you're a free agent, um, you know what I'm saying, or you've been off all this time, you're just getting back out there, you ain't trying to get hurt. And then you got Dion and Shannon Sharp saying, look, we played. It's the Pro Bowl. If you don't want, as Shannon was like, if you don't want to play, or you worried about free agency, then don't go. I'm with. I mean, I'm with them on it. I, I. That's why, and that's why the guys that don't, they don't. You know, um, Devontae Adams, he didn't have shit to go. Like, what? What the fuck does he got to gain? Hell, he's still pissed that they're that they're that they actually have it. They can go to the Pro Bowl, right? You know, you know, this was a championship or bust season for them, and so um, I'm not mad at that at all. So, and here's my issue with the, with a lot of the, the, the guys who are like, well, I, I just won't play, I'll, I'll sit out, or I'm going to half play. Yes, there is a chance that you get hurt playing football. But you got to play football. Like, just play. Like, just just play football. Like, it, it, it's okay. And But we know that's not going to happen. So, I think they should really make it a flag football game. Like, real flag football rules. Let – let all the players, you know, rotate in and out, have some line and line up at receiver and DB. You know what I mean? And just really yeah. make it a, make it a flag football game. Yeah. I, look, I would love to see Alex Mack, you know, running a fade. And he's got Aaron Donald guarding him or something. Like, that would be fun to watch. I mean, we know what would probably happen in that scenario. Right. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, because it was, it was cool to see uh, Trayvon Diggs line up at receiver and Stephon Diggs cover him in the red zone. Like that yeah. was cool. So, like, let's 
let's bring okay. that flag football aspect to it. A little playing uh, both ways. Backyard, yeah, a little backyard football. And, and, and in their case, you know that they did that hundreds and thousands of times growing up, but we didn't get to see it. So we got to see it there. And that's, that's what the Pro Bowl is about, you know, um, having fun, not giving a watered-down product to the consumer because you have to – you don't want to get rid of the game and make a Pro Bowl be like basically, hey, these are all the guys that didn't make All-Pro. Like, or some of them – that well, everybody out there is an All-Pro. Like, the, the people that are elected stars, most of them are pretty much going to be the All-Pro. But these are the guys that were next in line. And the Pro Bowl is still an accomplishment – to be selected because that does mean you were one of the three best players in your conference at that position. Right. So, or in the wide receivers case, it top four, top five. And so it's still an accomplishment, but you know, let's make the game a little bit better. And I think that they did a good job of bringing it to Vegas, obviously this year, they really should just go back to Hawaii because I think a lot of the players like it because it's a vacation for their family. If anything, Nobody wants to go to fucking – everybody can go to Disney when they kind of want. And so – but going to Hawaii, that is something to where you don't really – you know, like yeah, they're rich enough to, of course, do it whenever they want, but it's still not like something you just do. Exactly, because it's it, – I mean – It's time-consuming. It's, it's time-consuming, and it's almost expensive as flying overseas, but it's not. Right. <laughs> um. But you talk about Vegas, and I, I, I like the idea of Vegas because Vegas is also another city that people want to go to, especially when there's a lot of people there, you know. But uh, You don't want to be Alvin Kamara in Vegas now. And that's what I was about to bring up, man. Alvin Kamara, I mean, he's really being um, an Atlanta guy, isn't he? Well, who knows? You know, he just lost his coach. Slant boy, who knows what he's going to do this upcoming offseason. He doesn't have a quarterback. Maybe he's trying to – I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he got a DUI on purpose, but I'd be drinking too if that was my situation. I just wouldn't be getting behind the wheel. Don't drink it. No, he didn't get a DUI. He got the fighting. They beat – yeah, they beat somebody's ass. Like, he broke – Oh, so they really went full QC. Yeah, like they said uh, Kamara – They were Migos with Joe Budden. Yeah, and they was allegedly – and they was – and they was like stomping Buddy out. Oh, you know what? That ain't even QC, bro. That's Tupac and Suge Knight in Vegas at the fucking casino, you know, with Orlando Brown, whatever that dude's name was that they claimed killed Tupac. But, um, yeah, that sounds like some Tupac shit to me. <laughs> I, I wonder why the fight happened. I can only think of some blatant dis- No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep cutting. I was going to say blatant disrespect or a woman. They go hand in hand because – the disrespect would be that you can clearly see that these chicks are with us and you won't stop talking, bro. Like, so it all is disrespect one way or another. It's disrespect. You know, it could have been one of those situations where, you know, when niggas see a celebrity, they might ask for something like a picture or, you know, try and talk to them. And they're just like, bro, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm doing something like, I'm sorry. Like, and then the niggas like, man, well, fuck you then. Like, you know, like it's probably something along the lines of that. And these, what people forget, especially with a guy like Kamara, I mean, He's still like 26. That's still a young dude. Like, and even though he's been in the league and he should know better, these are still young dudes. A lot of these dudes be young. And what it like because we don't know what happened, and it could have been, it could have really been a fair one that turned crazy, you know. And because he's famous, because he's rich, he's gonna get sued for it. Um, and 
Skip Bayless cues me with this because he goes, nothing good happens after midnight. I mean, I've had a lot of fun after midnight, Skip. Um, and I again, I don't have the target on my back that Alvin Kamara has, but you can't just because you're rich or famous doesn't mean you got to be confined to the house, especially in Vegas, especially Pro Bowl weekend. But I think you know, these guys got to be careful. And, and, and you talk about the fan piece, though, and somebody possibly asking for a picture. What a lot of people don't realize is even though these guys are drunk, even though some of these guys are high, they don't want that shit recorded, like they have endorsement deals. Yeah, bad look. Um, you know, and then just more importantly, I mean, get out of my like, like, come on. Yeah, get out of my face. I'm a famous person. I understand. You know who I am. But you know, as a fan, you know, there's very few people I would walk up to and say something to, even if I'm a fan. You know, I think I think we told this story to you before, even in the group. Me, Major Parlay, and Justice. On Memorial Day three or four years ago, we would play crafts with offset for like an hour. I was never, never once, never once. Uh, well, you y'all, but we it was the last day. We were yeah. there, we stayed a little longer. And um uh, never once did I say even something that offset, like, yeah, I'm from Atlanta too, man. Always love your music. Like, not even some compliment shit. I knew who he was, and he knew that us young niggas knew exactly who he was, but that's probably why he stayed and played with us longer. You know what I mean? Because we were cool about it. He was talking to us. Like, we're talking gambling. Like, you yeah. know, he's like, like, if I'm rolling, he's like, he's like, he's like, I need that 4-4, baby. Like, he's like, give it to me, buddy. Like, you know, it would be some shit like that. And so, like, you know, you just don't – unless I am just an absolute fanboy, be like, if I saw Kanye West, I am going to say something because I have to. But yeah. outside, outside of somebody like him, and Kobe's dead now, he would have been the only other person – even I tell you, like Matt Ryan too. <laughs> no one because I've never seen Matt Ryan in person, like out in public. Like I seen Julio Jones. Hell, me and Julio used to live in the same building, and I I just asked him how his leg was at the elevator. But like outside, I, I well, we that same weekend we saw who uh, I I saw Julio who, and I saw, and I saw and, yeah yeah and I saw AD and like I walked yeah. right I walked right by AD. We made eye contact. I looked I looked at him. He looked at me. Like, I'm not about to ask you for no picture. For one, I'm older than you. And two, <laughs> what I look like 5'11, Santa Neck to 6'11. Hey, bro, ran into AD at the Aria. Well, think about it. It's one thing if you guys are at the club or something and you're literally, not, and even then, no. But I'm saying, like, let's say you're sitting in the same vicinity amongst sim, like, you might somehow, some way, you ended up in the same, like, section or something. Or y'all sitting next to each other, and it's like like or, the couches where you sitting on them, and you can like be next, like you can be like over in their section, low key. Yeah, and 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 or okay, or even for instance, like let's say, I don't know, like just an example. Let's say that you guys are hanging out with me out there, and like Collins with me, and then right. y'all like you know you're just talking to Colin. Then maybe you maybe you do want a picture. I have no idea, but he's gonna be okay, like because it's a mutual thing. You know what I mean? It's not this stranger coming up to me and asking to do all this stuff like it's just crazy so hate it for kamar but like i said maybe he was kind of trying to get out of New Orleans. <laughs> and atlanta yeah. just so happened the needs a running back i know that they're saying that they're trying to work but cordell ain't the real running back he's just a complimentary piece but so yeah he's a he's a off-brand debo right this am you know speaking of somebody else who may be trying to get out um 
Kyler Murray uh, scrubbed his Instagram of everything Cardinals. Is he really trying to quit on Cliff and the Cardinals, or is he just trying to get some money? And if he's trying to get some money, I, I just think that's a weird way to um, negotiate a contract. Uh, I think it's one of those things that where it's going to be whichever comes first, and um, whichever come, comes first will still lead to the other. If he goes to a different, if he wants out of there, the other team's going to pay him if they get him. You know, so he can get one. He'll get both in that scenario. And if he doesn't get that, then he's going to get paid. So it's it's a win win. Plus, he's a unique person because he's got leverage because he could just go and play baseball too. And so, you know, he could he could if he wanted to. I don't know financially how that would work for him, but he could in reality if he wanted to. I don't. What was Kyler Murray in college? Was he a shortstop or something? Uh, outfielder. Okay, so he doesn't really – I mean, I know baseball and football training is a little different, obviously, but, like – He hasn't hit 95 in years. <laughs> Who says that he doesn't go to the batting practice out there in Arizona? That's You know, that's where the Cactus League is. Yeah, yeah, they're in Orlando, right? So – or uh, it's not Orlando, but somewhere in Tampa. Florida. Tampa. Uh, St. Pete, I think. St. Pete, yep, it's St. Pete. And so, um, I mean, I don't know. Who says that he's not – I, you know, and his contract that says he can't, but I'm just saying, who says that he can't go to the back? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of clauses and contracts. And Miles Garrett is playing in the celebrity basketball game. I'm sure it's something in his contract that tells him not to play basketball and he doesn't care. But the thing about Kyler is, would you pay him? Because Lamar hasn't got paid yet, and Lamar's more accomplished than Kyler. Uh, Lamar has been more dependable than Kyler. Lamar got hurt for the first time this year, and kind of the way the season went, I felt like if they were still in playoff contention, he would have came back for the last two. But it was like, eh, we're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway, so just just rest up, champ. Right. But Kyler's in the last two seasons hurt, and he's his production falls off at the end of the year. I don't know if I break the bank for Kyler. Like, I'm not going to – I need one more year. Well, you know, now 40 is the the, the standard – for franchise quarterback peg. And if I'm Arizona, I mean, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, obviously. I, I'm trying to talk to the Texans. And I'm sure that you know they'll listen for Kyler. And like we said, it works out for Kyler, too. He'll get his payday. He gets to go to Texas. I, I don't I don't see how that's a lose-lose. Well, he's the coach now. Yeah. I, I don't see how anyone loses in that scenario. How do you lose there? I don't either, man. And look at you making the great transitions into Lovey Smith. So Lovey Smith was announced as the Texans head coach. Uh he and what's my man's name in Miami? Was that um Flores? Who? You said you're saying Flores? No, no, no. Saying, uh Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, yeah. They are the two minority hires uh for this coaching cycle. Minority. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean Mike McDaniel, I think he's a quarter. One drop rule. I don't even know if he's – would that be considered a quarter? Let's see, if your grandparents or something. If, you're, if your parents are half, yeah. This guy's like an eighth. Of, if, if And let's keep it a – I mean, God, really, come on, man. I, they got the compensation for the minority hire, though. He's a fucking eighth black man. Right. <laughs> so I mean, let, me, let me tell you something, Lee. Uh-huh. My great-great-grandfather is a white man. 
I mean, what are we really talking about here? Like, you know, what I mean? like, what, where does where where do we draw the line on this stuff? And we need to. And I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get into that too. That is a ser- that is a serious issue with that. That's going to be a a post football season podcast where we can really like go deep into that one. Okay. Uh, because I I think it's sick that you got to do this draft compensation. Like that's it's stupid. It's stupid. And it's also crazy that the like. You know, if it's a coin flip hire, that the owners won't take the minority hire and get extra draft compensation. It really shows you how much they are are stuck in their principles and not necessarily focused on winning. It's like, hey, dude, you get more draft picks if you hire this black guy who is just as qualified as this white guy. Right, and we don't feel like the team will go in any different of a direction depending on which one we pick. So <laughs> it's 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 a problem, and and we'll touch up on it. But back to Lovey. Yeah, Lovey. Gotta love Lovey. He has a 500 record as a as an NFL head coach. He had a good run with the Bears up in Chicago. You know, the weird thing about this hiring was he was not one of their finalists, but it was like they subbed out Brian Flores after the lawsuit and then subbed in Lovey, who was already on their staff as the DC. So good for Lovey. I think Lovey's deserving of a head coaching job. Uh, he's gonna be better than a lot of these new coaches. But we have to understand that the Texans roster is bare, and uh, we don't know if they have a quarterback yet. And they're gonna—I know they're gonna give Davis Mills run. I, I think that they were pleased enough with what he did towards the end of the season because he didn't look terrible. Um, there could be something there. I mean, it, he, he was a rookie third-round pick. I mean, we got to give these guys more uh, time. And I think that bring, keeping Lovey, like I said, it was a continuity thing too. So like, it made a ton of sense. The defense wasn't god awful for the texas yeah they got a couple games where they got blown out and gave up points and that just happens in the nfl i mean hell the falcons got blown out three or four times this year so i mean it that happens in the league it does happen and so lovey is continuity um he's an nfl basically football lifer absolutely um you know i was a little surprised by it for one reason probably more than anything it's because his last job even before this he was the head coach at Illinois, and college is different from the NFL. But man, that Illinois football team was fucking bad. And well, who can win there? Like, who can win at Illinois? In football? I mean, Brent, Brent Belima is the coach now, and what they probably they probably they improved. They were better than they were under Lovey last year, the year before that. And so we'll see. But Brent Belima is also a college fucking coach, and he's yeah. familiar with the Big Ten, you know, yeah. and in the recruiting for for that part of the country. So there's continuity there. Right. And so yeah, Lovey's an NFL guy. Yeah, and Lovey's an NFL guy. And so I just think that there was continuity there. Lovey's probably looked at fondly around the NFL. Obviously, him and Tony Dungy were the first two black coaches to uh coach ever in the Super Bowl, and it just so happened to have been the same game. So um I think that he's looked at fondly. The players, he the players probably like him too. And like I said, I think it was just more of a continuity thing, plus Brian Flores, you know, uh basically you know, shutting the door on himself. And the league office made a phone call and said, y'all better not hire Josh McCown. We got enough going on right now with these, these colored folks. Right. We really, we really, really don't need you to hire a high school football coach. Even if he played in the NFL for 16 years, we, we, we would really like it if you don't hire a a high school football, a high school assistant coach. (laughs) Right. I was about to say, not even, not even a head coach, just, but he's a high school football coach. Like, I, and th- I, the fact that they interviewed him, t- and think about it, there were the reports last year that he was going to be the guy. But at that point, too, 
My question is, why not just keep David Culley on stage? I just – I don't know. You just – they won as many games the year as they did the year before, and Deshaun Watson played the whole season. So I just – I didn't understand them firing Culley to begin with. Uh, they knew that he was never the coach, and that's why they fired him because they was they was never wanted him to be the coach. Nobody wanted that job. The Deshaun Watson cloud was over the organization. And and, and you know what? Their front office is a shit show, let's be honest. They got, yeah. the, they got the preacher running the show. And it came out that Nick Casario would be on the headset during the games. What? I mean, I get it. He's a Belichick guy. He, he may know football, like, on the field better than most co- most uh, GMs. And if I look up his, his Wikipedia, he may have some coaching experience. But come on, man. Like, why is the GM on the headset during the game? Like, bro, go GM. Sit in the booth with the owner. Right. And, you know, it's a shit show. I, I wish the best for Lovey. I don't see this last in past two years. But, um, you know, let, because here's the thing, too. You got to look at that division. Uh, you had the Titans, obviously. Uh, the Colts should have made the playoffs. And then you got the Jaguars, who are just as much of a shit show, but probably are definitely headed in the right direction by getting Doug in there. I, I, it's funny because I literally called Doug Peterson – as soon as it happened, I said, I said he would be the perfect guy for Shad because he's got Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. He was, uh, to me, he was the best hire of all yes. the coaches. He was the best hire. And I do think that you're going to see change in Jacksonville. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs next year. Wouldn't be shocked at all if they won six or seven games, though, in the I, first year. I think it's crazy that Doug was not just, wasn't a hot coaching prospect. Because uh, if you look at what he did in Philly, he he ran a, a a great operation over there and really got his legs cut out from under him because we got Howie Roseman, the best GM in the NFL, who wants to who wants to just dictate everything and is in the owner's ear. And I mean, my God, they they benched Jalen Hurts the last game of, of, of the year last year. Like, come on, man. What, what are you doing to Doug? I mean, you, you drafted Jalen Rager. Hey, Josh, y'all drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And then, you know, they traded up this year to get Devontae. They could have traded up last year to get CD, if, even if they, that was who they really wanted. Let's say that's who they really want. You could have got CD. I, I, it's just a lot of stuff. That that team. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think that um, it's, 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 it's good that a guy like Lovey is, um, you know, getting another opportunity to be a coach in this league. I just think that he is getting set up for failure, too. And you know, like, did they release the contract on him? Like, I know he didn't get a five-year deal. He probably uh, got a three-year deal, maybe four. They—I bet they didn't give him the five though that you need in a rebuild when you hire somebody. Like, think about Herb. Herb got a five-year deal, but of course, Herb got fired for reasons. You know, what I mean, there was legit reasons why this guy got fired. Oh uh, no, he got five years, twenty-five mil. Lovey. Yeah. Oh wow. All right, so you know what? They're going to give him three. He will get three of those. And as long as there's progression by year three, he'll maybe live out the contract. I wonder what his buyout is, though, because that's what really matters. Well, you know, well, here's the thing. Think about it. Yeah, the buyout would only be for him getting fired. I don't foresee anyone being like, oh, yeah, we got to get this guy in here, you know? Me neither, but – Sometimes that buyout uh, holds you from firing him so soon, especially when you paid out David Cully 24 mil uh, reportedly. 
if 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 his guarantee's fifteen, then like I said, he's gonna get the guaranteed three. He's gonna get all three. He's gonna get those first three, especially if it's his five year deal. Because you, yeah. you're giving him at least sixty percent of the contract, right? Yeah. And yeah. that makes sense. I, 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 I'm rooting for Lovey. I hope he turns it around because let's not forget the Texans are two, two seasons away from being a playoff team. You know, had they just hired a GM instead of letting uh, Billy O'Brien run run the whole operation, they probably would still be a contending team in the AFC South. Think about Bill. Bill didn't get any. Uh, I don't remember him getting any head coaching interviews. You know why? They watched that that terrible offensive game plan that he uh, ran against Georgia, yeah, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and that terrible red zone execution. They're like, "Yeah, you, you, nah." He was well, and let me speak as the devil's advocate, also known as an Alabama fan. He he didn't have his two best receivers on the field, and it was he did go against an all time college football defense. You know, we're talking the eighty five Bears version of college football defense. Hey, it's your job to scheme him open there, coach, and he didn't. But he didn't, vanilla man. bland play calling. You know what? And they you were know what? The quarter. Think about what Lane would have been doing, dialing up those plays, or even Sark. Sark was drinking halfway through the games, you know. <laughs> so his juices were really, his juices were really, his creative juices were definitely flowing. <laughs> Love oh, Sark. Man. Love Sark, love Sark. I wish, I, you know, the more and more I look back at that, not to get too deep into the Falcons again. You know, we probably should have a count for how many times I bring up the Falcons on the podcast because I bet it's going to be up. That would be, a, you know, I'm going to write that you know, down. We need, a sound, we need to get a sound effect that you play every time I say that. Something about the Falcons. I don't know. It could be like Samuel L. Jackson saying, rise up like or some shit. But uh, That's what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, a guy like Sark, he uh, – he didn't get his fair shake. I, I think that we should have kept him, and I think that the offense would have been a lot better than that. Years. I think we should have kept Lafleur, but uh, well, you know. that's what. Well, we should have hired him to begin yeah. with. It, it's every other team does that type of shit, and it's, I don't know. Every, we got to be so yeah. different. Uh so <laughs> uh, all the other hires kind of make sense. Um, I mean, we knew we knew what Miami was going to do. They were going to go oddball coach. We knew that uh, the Rams were prop not Rams. The Saints were probably going to go Dennis Allen. Uh, I think the one shock was um, Byron Leftwich pulling his name out of Jacksonville after they did not let him choose his GM. LCPL Jackson. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But uh, speaking of, of Tampa Bay, let's get to Brady. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one more thing on, on the coaching thing. Uh, okay. The, the craziest part about it is, in my opinion, the hottest coaching candidate who do you think it was? No, to me, the hot, none of the hottest coaching candidates took jobs. I thought it was Harbaugh. DQ. I thought it was DQ. I thought that he was the one person that I think multiple teams wanted, and I think that he honestly didn't think any of the situations were good enough. And DQ knows that he can get another head coaching job if it's right, but if he if it's not right, he's not getting a good job. And then more importantly, he won't ever get a head coaching job again after that. Exactly. And Jerry probably fatted his pockets and said, hey, look here. If, Highest paid DC in the league. Hey, if, if Mike keeps this shit up. Right. We, we might need you to audition in the middle of the season. But then, I, again, we, but, but then again, we already know who's taking that job next season. Oh, yeah. Sean Payton. Yeah. That, it's got it all. It's written all over. I'm happy Kellen Moore didn't get hired because um, 
he would have been a, a, a disaster. I mean, he's supposed to be a great play caller, and he's not. So why the hell would he be a great head coach? Uh, anyways, Brady. Brady kind of hinted at not retire. I mean, being retired, saying he's happy now, but uh, six months from now, he he may not feel the same way. Uh, never say never. Never is say never. Pull, is he pulling a Favre on us? I think that he's got Favre-esque traits in it, and it's because this is something that's always been talked about. I mean, think about it. A lot of people thought he should have walked away after the Falcons bringing him up again. After that, after, you know, Super Bowl 51. Um, a lot of people thought that he should have ended it on that note. He had the most Super Bowls ever. Uh, well, the most by quarterback, because that was number five for him. Yep. So he had, he had gotten that. You know, you had the greatest comeback ever. Walk out on top. You know, what more, What else do you have to play for? I think Jimmy – was Jimmy G still there? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy was there. You had the heir apparent. I mean, everything had set up perfectly for him. So, from a from a Favre standpoint, I feel like it's always been something that's talked about. Now, granted, Favre was the one that was always doing the talking on his end, but it's always been the media and then the speculation of, you know, even though Tom was adamant, I'm going to play till I'm 45. Like, like, and I think that I could play even beyond that if I wanted to. I think that that is, uh, that's, you know, kind of been his thing. And so him saying never say never, basically, I believe him. I, I do believe that maybe if he gets in a position where he feels it, and then again, also, who's going to turn him down? You know, to, it, whether that be, to, like, Tampa might not go out and try and get somebody. Like, they might be like, yeah, we're just going to roll with Kyle Trask. And they do that, and Brady wants to come back. Of course, they're going to welcome him with open arms. Like, we know some are saying they may trade for James Garoppolo. That man is going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm telling <laughs> you right now, he's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, I don't think Brady's gone, uh, and, and that may have influenced Leftwich deciding to uh, not walk away so soon. I, I think that um, he's doing a test run with the family. You know, he's really going to take some time, relax. I don't think he's going to stop training. He's just not going to be training, you know, uh, uh, like he would for the regular season. But he's still going to be staying in shape, get out of there, uh, and 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 throwing the ball. So I'm just curious to see what's going to happen, you know, five months in where it's like, Giselle's like, Tom, you look, you got to go. And maybe, maybe he retired because she wanted him to come home. And he's just like, I'm just going to get on her nerves and I'm going to prove to her like that this is not a good idea yet. And uh, then she's going to make up her mind and say, you know what, Tom, I think you should go back and play football. And that's and that's what he gets. That's how he gets what he wants, because, you know, sometimes you have to show somebody that they're wrong instead of just telling them that they're wrong and doing what you want to do. You have to let it play out a little bit so that they can be like, okay, because when it's their idea, they usually embrace a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, too, at the same time, you know, obviously the kids being the most important thing and, you know, having their dad at home, um, certainly playing, playing a factor in. I think that Tom also wanted to look into uh, his business venture side of stuff too. And, um, you know, not to say that like something like Kobe Bryant has any influence over it, but think about it. Kobe had a very short post-playing career. Now, granted, it was a freak accident, but like, our tragic accident. And I don't know. You just never know. And so it's just like, yeah, I can understand like 
wanting to spend as much time with the kids. But I think business wise too, if you get on his Instagram, he's like really promoting now this like clothing line called Brady. And so uh, well, you know, he referenced Kobe on the podcast talking about some of the other interests in life, you know? Yeah. And, and, and Kobe for the short period of time, because what Kobe four years post play and then he dies like, Kobe did a lot. He accomplished a lot within that time. Obviously, body armor was something he was doing at the very end of his career, but body armor super successful. I know you're a big fan of it. Um, and crazy enough, you leaving your watermelon cherry, I think, was the flavor. I think that was the flavor. You left one of those here once. I was never a fan of body armor because I don't like the taste of coconut water, plus I don't like coconuts because I don't like milk. Um, and uh, I tasted it. It was ice cold. I was like, man, and now I get, I mean, I, I still get Gatorade too, but like, I like that too. And so you start. Hey, hold, on, hold on, Pierce, you're coming in pixelated. Let me, let me bring you out and bring you back in. Try again. Am I good? Sound a little robot and frozen. Do I need to leave? Maybe. Probably. All right, here, let me do that. All right. So while he's doing that, you know, I I'm curious to see what's what's eventually going to happen with Brady. Like I said, I, I think he's going to just you know try this family thing out, see how it makes him feel, uh, see how the wife feels about it, because there's some more left in the tank. And I think he's one of those who doesn't want to go out like Michael Jordan did with the Wizards, but he definitely wants to keep playing until he can't play anymore. You know, he he wants to take his horse down to the Old Town Road and ride until he can't no more, and that horse being his football career. But I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. But you know what? If Brady doesn't if Brady doesn't play, I mean, he, he's been a godsend. He's been one of the best players uh, of our lives. He, many call him the GOAT. I, I, I'd probably agree with them. You know, so thank you, Tom Brady, for your uh, years of service. Uh, are, are we back, Parley Pete? I think so. Do I sound like uh, – what's his name on Star Wars? CPO or whatever? Yeah, no, no, you sound you sound like Parlay Pete. I like it. All right, good, good, good. But yeah, I just caught I caught the end of that. I, yeah, I mean, thank you to 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 Thomas Brady. You know, I think that uh, Junior, by the way, he's Thomas junior. Edward Patrick Brady Junior. Let's yeah. get Bayless on you real quick. Yeah, I, as a as a fan of football, I never had an issue with them. I, I I was never particularly a fan of the Patriots when you know, obviously, where he played a majority of his career. And then him going to a division rival like the Bucks, of course, makes me not like you. Um, I was always a fan of his. Um, he's always going to be etched in my mind for one reason, of course. But um, and that's when I really, honestly, yep, that's yep. Give me one of those. I, that's literally, you know, really when I kind of started to not like him, like the way everybody else doesn't like him. And I think it's just because he stole a moment of joy in my life that I, I think one day I will get to have, but. That's the closest I ever got to that joy, and so yeah. I don't like the fact that that um, he did that. But outside of that, I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback. Uh, wasn't the best eye test, in my opinion. I think that Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, eye test wise, to me, have been better quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's certainly the most accomplished football player ever. So he's got to be the goat. He's got more rings than Jordan. So some people want to call him from a sports perspective, maybe not the greatest athlete, but certainly the best win. Well, and I know. Bill Russell, but like, come on, modern sports, the best, you know, winner ever. You better throw Serena Williams in there. Oh, yeah. And of course, Black, we, hey, look, Serena doesn't play a team sport. And so they're apples and oranges from that perspective. But yes, but certainly, yes, Serena's obviously, you know, obviously. And so is uh, fucking Jokic, like in tennis. Like, these are people that 
dominate. They dominate their sports. And what Brady's done at that position and for him to have never been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It goes to show, guys, you should take pay cuts for the greater good. And you'll still be rich as shit and make money away from football because Tom, I know Tom, not he's not struggling to put something on the table for the kids. I mean, if he is, who cares? His, 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 his wife is like damn near the goat of her industry. Exactly. Like y'all talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z, goals, yes, goals. Tom Brady and Giselle aren't too far behind there, buddy. They're not. They're but not. They're, but they don't they're, look like They're white. Yeah. I mean, Giselle's Brazilian. She's white. She looks white. So she's white. <laughs> right. So uh, speaking of Brady in a game that he's dominated, you know, seven and seven and three throughout his career, 10 Super Bowls, seven wins, man. We got the Super Bowl, man. We got L.A. We, we're at SoFi Stadium. You know, it's SoFi because that stadium is SoFi. And uh, we got we've got Odell Beckham Jr. We've got Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Jonathan Snoop Dogg, Jay Z, Jay Z, according to you, <laughs> Jay Z's got the iPod uh, hooked up. We got Joe. Hold on, you know oh, I yeah, can't throw, talk throw about him on, you. Throw him on, throw him on. We got Joe Cool, baby. Jamar Chase. You mean, you mean Joe Brr? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Brr. That's who the fuck he is. He's Joe Brr. That boy Cole, man. Yeah, we got Joe. Brr. You do, and, and Zach Taylor. <laughs> Zach Zach Taylor, former former Rams assistant. You know, yeah. So we got we got a Super Bowl, man. And there's so many angles that we can go with this. We didn't really get to cap uh, the championship games last week. Uh, we're not going to this week. We're going to preview the Super Bowl. So uh, let, let's start with the Rams defensively. Uh, the Rams have a, a great front four, uh, and th- they can get home with four, and the Bengals have a terrible offensive line. I mean, god-awful. So I'm interested to see how Raheem's going to dial it up uh, uh, because the Chiefs could not get home to save their lives. I-, I heard a stat today that the Rams have only given up 18% of their uh, third-down conversions on defense, and the Chiefs... I mean, third down is like their money down, baby. So, not the Chiefs, excuse me, the Bengals. So, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. That front four versus that terrible O-line. How how they're going to cover the receivers. Is Jalen Ramsey going to lock up with Jamar Chase, or is he going to take away T. Higgins and we're going to double chase and, and see if Tyler Boyd can step up? I'm, I'm excited, man, but what do you see happening for the Rams defensively? Defensively, I think the biggest thing, and this is just – from an analytics and just a pure watching standpoint, they're going to have to, you know, even though, like you just said, for the Bengals, third down is their money down. Let's make it third and long every time, limiting the run game. If 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 if, if Mixon is 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 getting stuff behind that line, you know, first down they run and it's a loss of one. So now you're second and eleven. Joe throws a short pass. Maybe then he gets three yards or something. You know, Jamar catches it and you know he's wrapped up by Jalen. Now you're looking at third and eight. So I think that making that third down always third and long is going to be key. Don't ever give them a short third down. Um, and even though we're talking about the most, ex- arguably the most explosive offense in the NFL this season, I think that they did have more explosive plays, which I guess counts as I think twenty-five yards or greater, something like or that. something thirty, or something like that. They've had more than anyone in the NFL this year, and so 
even though they are known for their big plays, the Rams certainly, I mean, outside of that Mike Evans touchdown, where I don't know what the fuck they were doing with Brady through that to where you let him get that open. But um, outside of something like that, you don't characteristically, you're not seeing that out of a Rams defense. Um, they got old man Weddle back there too now. Um, and who knows, maybe that could have been a part of that. I don't know. But um, you got old man Weddle there. I just think that that defense is stout. And we know that if there's one thing that Raheem Morris is going to do, he's going to have a plan. And um, more Falcons references. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that the defense is – they're, they're going to show up, man. I mean, Von Miller, he lives for this. He is a Super Bowl MVP. You know, we're not just talking about somebody that was in the game and that won the game and was a big part. No, 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 no. This man was the best player in one of these games. And so um, you've got him. you got Aaron Donald, who's had the disappointment of playing in one and not winning it. You've got Sean McVay, wonder kid. You know, you get this this not real home field advantage because, hell, it seemed like there's more 49ers fans at that uh, NFC Championship game. But uh, The Rams don't have real fans, let's be honest. Yeah, and the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl, so it's just going to be a mix of what yeah, it's corporate. It's, yeah, it's going to be all the rich people that have money. And so – um, you know, I, 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 I think that the defense is going to be able to limit them, um, and come out, man, and put pressure on Burrow. I mean, if the Titans can get nine, why, why can't, why can't the Rams repeat that performance? And I understand everybody's like, yeah, the Titans got nine, but they lost the game. But we look on the other side of the ball. Certainly the Rams offense is a lot better than that Titans offense. So, so, you know, you talked about McVay and you talked about Raheem. And I think that's where the game is really going to be decided. Uh, we're going to talk about talking about coaching. Sean McVay getting undressed by Bill Belichick in his first Super Bowl, and that even carrying into the following season with that offense not being um, as productive as it was, as, as they would like for it to be, and resulted in the end of Jared Goff's career as a productive quarterback in the NFL. You know, and McVay realized, hey, I might be smart, but I got to get better. Like my players have, to, I got to get better players to win the biggest games. So what do you think? How much do you think McVay's experience and even um, Raheem's experience, you know, down in Tampa, uh, being a part of that Super Bowl coaching, coaching staff is going to have on this team, man. Like Zach Taylor has no experience. Well, aside from when he, he was an assistant the year they went the first time with me. Yeah, but he, but, but I he, mean, he wasn't, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have legitimate coaching experience. Yeah. No. Because even Raheem, along with Tampa, obviously he was on the Falcon staff when we went. So Raheem's been in a couple Super Bowls anyways, mm-hmm. right? So I do think that it's going to make a big difference. I mean, that is what we're looking at in general. You know, aside from Matt Stafford, um, you know, a lot of those Rams players are still there from that team. Tyler Higby. Like, there are many players that were on that team. Can you imagine if the Rams still had fucking Robert Woods, too? Oh, my. Goodness, because um, he got hurt this year. But nonetheless, um, you know, it's going to be very few Rams players that don't even have that experience themselves, along with the staff. Everybody has got that experience. And I think that that's going to be a big advantage for them. I mean, they prepared for this game before. Um, they know how it can be a little different than just any normal game, you know. And then especially that stinker that the Rams did do the first time around, they're going to learn from that. and. You know, Sean McVay certainly didn't forget. He knows now situationally because that game was close. Basically until the last five minutes, that game was like fucking tied. So, like, that game was very close the entire game the last time they were in it. 
and you're going against somebody that, you know, big game Burrow, uh, at the end of the day, college still ain't NFL. And even though he's won some big games now in the playoffs, he still hasn't had to go through that grinder as far as I'm concerned. You played a Raiders team that was, you know, for lack of a better word, sinking going into the playoffs. They were sinking. Um, then your next game, you play a Titans team that has – Nine sacks and they lose. Well, that – but I'm talking about just – I'm talking offensively even. You're playing a Titans team that's got a – at best an average quarterback, a uh, old – washed up Julio and a hurt Derrick Henry returning from injury, a guy that hadn't played football in, you know, three months. So I just think that, and then you played the chiefs who granted have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed and, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill at the end of the day, that's still a team that secondary might've been the worst in the, one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. So there was a flawed football team that you played. This is a Rams team. That's pretty much complete on all three levels and all three units, uh, you know, all the way around. It's a team that doesn't beat themselves unless Matt Stafford does it. But outside of that, nobody else is going to beat themselves on that team. And so let's talk about Mr. Stafford. I I, I typed up Matt Stafford, but apparently he's like Matthew McConaughey and he goes by Matthew Stafford. Like you don't call him Matt Stafford to his face. So Matthew Matthew Stafford. uh, Is Matt Ryan saying Matt to you? I'm sure it's Matthew, but no, what it's, it's Matt, Matty Ice, baby. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Matty Ice and Ice Trey. I mean, we just have a cold city in Atlanta. Burr, burr. But back to uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. He, you know, the big trade of the offseason. All the prognosticators. Rams to the Super Bowl. Rams to the Super Bowl. And they are in the Super Bowl, but by no means are they world beaters. You know, we got two four seeds playing against each other uh, for the first time in Super Bowl history. Now. I would say just from the eye test, the Matt the Matt Matthew Stafford trade was a winner. Oh, I, sure. I don't I don't care if Jared Goff got you to a Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl is supposed to be the end all be all. No, you are a much more competitive team with the addition of Matthew Stafford. Uh, so what does what will this game say for Matthew Stafford's legacy? You know he's going to have all of the counting stats. Do you think if he wins this game, it makes him a Hall of Famer? From an eye perspective, in my opinion, no. And I don't think it's because he just played in Detroit. I just think that he's never been somebody that's proven to me that he was ever elite. And even this year, I think he's had really one of his best seasons ever. His best season was that year that he did take Detroit. Um, And they won like 11 games. He threw for 5,000 yards. That was his best season. But like um, they didn't win a playoff game, did they? No, they didn't. They played the Saints. And so I and that's always a tough place to win. But nonetheless, I just think that with this team, you look at this team, I think that there's 10 quarterbacks in the NFL that you could name that would have done the same with this team. And I think that that's what's gonna kind of be a dark cloud over if they win this Super Bowl. Um he played well, he's played well all postseason. He played well during the regular season, had a couple of stinky games, but who doesn't, right? Like I said, kind of earlier with the Texas thing, there's always going to be a couple of stinky games. And but my point is, is that this is like one of the most talented, if not arguably the most talented roster in the NFL. You've got a guy that 
you could really consider a top, maybe top five coach in the NFL and Sean McVay. Absolutely. Raheem Morris is somebody that should be a head coach in the NFL um, and has prior head coach experience. Your offensive coordinator just got hired to be a head coach. So I just think that when you look at the talent and even the staff, it's going to be hard for me to give him a lot of props for why they won. But um, I guess statistically and with the Super Bowl, yeah, he'll eventually more than likely he's going to get in. He'll more than likely get in. And you know what? Unless he goes on a crazy run of long playoff runs, multiple Super Bowl uh, victories, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer because as talented as he is, as nice as the eye test can be for the throws that he can make, like he was, he's been doing a no look pass. Some very nice throws. For, yeah, I, I think you put that in the group ones. I mean, I he's made. I mean, look, I loved him as a dog. Like yeah. you know, I think everybody loved Matt Stafford as a dog because. But we you know what? We had some fucking hope to win. Like yeah. You know? But he just he he he's only as good as his roster. Despite how talented he is, he's only as good as his roster. And he hasn't elevated his roster like the guy we're going to talk about next, Joe Cool. You know, they, they they're calling him Baby Brady out here. And are the Bengals the O one Patriots? You know, I keep hearing this in, in the no, sports no, news no. cycle. Uh, fuck you, no. you have the let me let me tee you up now. We go have ahead. fuck no. But go ahead. We have a. Uh, this 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 nice young, cool, calm, collected quarterback, you know, uh, playing against all the odds, you know, playing with house money, and now they're playing against the high flying Rams team, kind of like the Patriots. And the Rams are a big favorite in this game. I mean, some books had it up to four and a half, not nearly as big as the Rams were against yeah, the Patriots. About, they were like twelve and a half, something. Yeah, like it was like twelve and a half, thirteen yeah. point favorites. Yeah, and you know. Some people can say the borough may start this run, start this, start this dynasty. Uh, do you think the Bengals are – are we talking about the Bengals or the 01 Patriots here, man? We're talking about the Bengals, man. Come on. This, that's who we're talking about. First of all, there's no similarities, and I'll tell you why. Outside of the fact that Joe's in his second year, that's the only comparison that we can make with him and Brady. There's no other comparison. Tom was a game manager at the time. They had a top-five defense. And it proved to be a dynasty defense. He does not have that. He's got a scrappy defense. The Bengals' defense is scrappy. I will give them that. They are scrappy because I think Hendrickson, you know, it's so weird. I really wanted him on the Falcons. And I remember, obviously, last year when he was with the Saints and just previously, man, he was always getting back there. Because if it wasn't Will Smith, it was fucking him. So, um, not Will Smith. No. uh, (laughs) Must have Cam Jordan. Yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith needs to get back there too. May he rest in peace. But um, nonetheless, uh, no, they're, they're, they're just a short no. They're they're not similar teams. Those teams, they're just completely different to me. If anything, like I said, I kind of look at the Bengals. They were and this team didn't make the Super Bowl, but I even said it going into the AFC Championship game. This Bengals team more so reminds me like of kind of that Andrew Luck team that he took to the AFC Championship. Uh-huh. Young, talented, quarterbacks playing great ball. They just got stuffed by the Patriots. But then again, apparently they were the ones deflating balls in that game. So who knows? Maybe if those balls weren't getting deflated, we don't know. Maybe the Colts went to the Super Bowl that year. I don't know. But what we do know is that the balls were getting deflated. And so that, that was proven. And so uh, they even had a guy named the Deflator. I'm sorry. I'm trying to shit on the Patriots a little bit. Um, ah, God, then they came back and beat us. But nonetheless, uh, 
No, I just don't think that there's a comparison to be made there. I think that Joe is Joe. He does. He is Joe cool. He is Joe, brr, you know, like he's legit. That's him. I um and and I think that he's somebody that is very good at going against people when they're going against him. I saw a video of him, uh, the last game he ever lost in college. If you remember, they played here. Um, I, I am, I am. Um, but uh, I. I that kind of just threw me off there. I'm not gonna <laughs> sorry, but it threw me off when I saw it. Like, there, here, let me just show you these other comments. Like, I can't read this. That's probably why I asked, Are you from Saudi Arabia? You just copy paste and Google it. Nonetheless, um, the last game that he played here, he got lit up. He took a big hit by UCF because that was the year I think UCF went undefeated. Okay, yeah. Um, and yeah, he took a big hit, and they, like, showed him, like, kind of getting rocked and, like, nobody kind of coming to his defense. And, obviously, that motherfucker came back out the very next year and was just throwing that bitch, like, just tossing it around. Well, did you hear the stories about him, like, fighting in practice? Uh, apparently, there's a story back when he was LSU? At, at LSU. There was a fight that broke out, and he and it was offense versus defense. He couldn't get in. And later in practice, he found Patrick Queen – and, and one of his fair ones. Really? Yes. That might be different. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a tough son of a bitch. I think we know that. We definitely know that. He's a tough SOB. So, you question know. about, about uh, Burrow. If Burrow goes out, throws for 350, three tubs, right, you know, it's like convincingly the Super Bowl MVP. Do we elevate him as the best quarterback in the league? I mean, because look what he's dragging. Look what he went through. He's beat Patrick Mahomes two times in a row. And there's a legitimate conversation for him to be the MVP. And this is not, this is the hindsight. You know, I was talking about it towards the end of the season. Like, look what he's doing. I mean, he's elevating a lot more talent, a lot, you know, a, a worse roster than what Aaron Rodgers is doing over in, in, in Green Bay. And if he goes on this run, I mean, you got to beat a man. To beat a man, you got to beat the man, and he beat the man. I, I, I can think we, can that, we put him in that conversation, and it be legitimate and not just clickbait. I, I think you throw him in the combo, but I, you don't. You don't crown him. I mean, he's definitely say top five for sure. I can give you that. I'll give you that if he can get it done. Hell, even if he don't get it done, I think that you can start entertaining that conversation for sure already in his second year. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to give him the Giannis type shine because, you know, once Giannis won, everybody looked at how accomplished he was at such a young age, which is very true. Giannis is a, he's a great basketball player, but for us to still sit here and act like, you know, and it's a little bit apples and oranges, A, because it's basketball, but then B, everybody's going to, you're the toast of the town if you want a championship, especially somewhere you're not supposed to win it, which is where they kind of draw similarities because it's Milwaukee versus, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, these are two places in the Midwest um, that don't win, um, haven't been known to be winners, you know, smaller cities. Um, and so I, I, I do think that something like that, you could, you could entertain it. But in terms of him being the best, no, I wouldn't make him the best. He's still not better than Rodgers. And now with Brady gone, potentially, um, he definitely can get slotted into that top five, sure. 
So is he the best quarterback in the game today, uh, in the game Sunday? That's a tricky question. Um, I'm going to say no. So Matthew Stafford's top five quarterback in the NFL today. Well, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is. I'm saying if Joe Burrow wins, we can. I don't. Okay. I wouldn't have put Joe Burrow going into the playoffs as a t- even as well as he had been playing going into it. I wouldn't have put him in the top five either. I think Matt Stafford again is semi too now with Brady gone. Like because we're losing quarterbacks now, so uh, we're really it really is the end of an era kind of in the NFL. I mean, think about it. Another Falcons reference. Matt Ryan is the active passing leader in the NFL. So think of it that way. I mean, that is where we're at in the NFL to where now I remember rookie Matt Ryan. And now you mean to tell me he's the active leading passer and it's by about six or 7,000 yards. And Aaron Rodgers is second to him. So it's just like it's the changing of the guard in the NFL. And I just think that it's too early to kind of – crown somebody like Burrow and a guy like Stafford has kind of put in the work at least statistically he has but uh I think that in a weird way for legacy purposes and some people might not agree I think that a Super Bowl for Matt Stafford would be more impactful than it would be for Joe Burrow if he won his second year absolutely but I think that a Super Bowl for Joe for Joe Burrow is like a bigger deal, you know, like, like if we're talking like whole, whole, like wide scale right now for Matt Stafford's career, Matt Stafford's legacy. I think the Super Bowl means way more for Matthew Stafford because Rob Parker calls him stat Patrick. Some of these guys and these fucking, these goddamn ways of putting words. <laughs> hey, I like Rob Parker, but Hey, um, Let's see, man. Let's let, let's get back to uh, the Super Bowl thing and Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham has been killing in the playoffs. Uh, I want to say he has like an eight, a eighty three percent catch rate, which is higher than his average. Um, he's been a great, you know, great guy, great locker room guy. You know, you're seeing some of the social media clips uh, going around about him being a great guy. He's been quiet. There hasn't been any controversy. Not he's that there was. Most importantly, he's been productive as fuck. He's been productive as fuck. He looked great. He's looked great all playoffs. And, and really since he got there. I mean, I had him in fantasy, obviously, this year. So, like, he was catching a touchdown every game. And, obviously, you're playing with Cooper Cup, you know, and then you get Cam Akers back who, my God. I mean, a guy that looks like he never fucking tore his Achilles. I mean, almost like that was fake news. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing uh, about Odell Beckham, and I think this matters, you know, and, and I think it's going to play itself out with James Harden going to Philadelphia. The fit matters. The situation matters. And being in a situation where you can win and you know that you can win and you have the pieces around you and you have the infrastructure around you, y- you have less issues because when Odell was with Tom Coughlin up in New York, he was dancing a little bit, but he was making big plays and he was highly productive. But after Coughlin right. left and Eli fell off of a cliff, you start seeing more of the bullshit. Then he gets to Cleveland. It's fucking Cleveland. Like, enough said. Then he gets to the Rams and there's nothing. And if you remember, at LSU, there weren't any issues of character or any of that stuff with Odell Beckham. He, he's just a guy who wants to win, needs to win. And when he's in a situation where Winning doesn't seem likely. 
he acts up because he's like, fuck this shit. We ain't winning. And I ain't getting the ball. Right. And Baker's trash. You got Gino <laughs> throwing me the ball and old and old ass Eli. Like, nah, bro. Yeah. I think, uh, like I said, you know, with a guy like Odell Beckham, because he's been so productive, it quiets everything else. And just like winning uh, cures all, like in any situation, it's the same even with him. And they are winning, of course. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. You're winning and you're being productive. I think uh, when you look at it from that perspective, it just it's, it's just one of those things where Odell, uh, I don't think he's – and it might even be happier too. I mean, at the end of the day, he's in L.A. versus Cleveland, right? So – yeah, I'll be happy. You know, you could add that little caveat to it too, to maybe why things are the way they are too. I don't know, but um, yeah, he's he's been great for them, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if honestly he pay, plays a bigger part in them being, you know, crown champions than Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup is going to get the attention. I mean, he just came off a triple crown season at wide receiver, but then again, Odell Beckham is this acrobatic, you know, star, honestly, classic NFL wide receiver. Because he reminds me more of, obviously, your Randy Moss, T.O., because of the celebrations and stuff. He just rem- – he's diva. You know, he's he reminds you of Chad Johnson. Like, he reminds you of these larger-than-life kind of yeah. receivers. Yeah. tattoos, the shoes. Uh, cleats and shit, yeah. I mean, we know we could yeah. OBJ. I mean, he, he got a nickname. He's Drake's friend. He's Drake's friend. You know, like. So I'm excited. Um, how do you want to do these picks this week? Because I, I, I know we got the props that we're going to have to weave into this. Are you going to do a six pack or what? Yeah. Um, hold on. Let me get it pulled up real quick before we get into it. And as you're getting it pulled up, I'm just letting everybody know I got I got I got the Bengals on the money line, baby. Ooh. I've made a few personal bets with some people, you know. I said I like Joe Burrow. I may have been intoxicated when I made that decision. Yeah. Joe Burrow. I may have been riding a little high because uh I was really happy, but you know. And while you're there, um, yo, fucking trade deadline was nuts. It really was. And we need to uh, get ready to figure out, too, how we're about to do the basketball stuff. Because obviously with basketball, you know, you can't really. We're not doing every uh, every week on basketball. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like a bi-monthly thing. Yeah. Like maybe twice a month. At the start of the month and that, well, first and third week or something. Who knows? Um, and especially yeah, if we can get started with that too, with the all star break coming up. Uh, hold on, sorry, I'm just putting them together. I got my actual pick picks, but I'm trying to get these other props that were just money. That I, yeah, have. um, so tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm recording with my guy, uh, Sean, who uh is a Philly guy, uh, works in uh, he works in sports media up in Philly, so I'm going to be excited to get his take on this whole bin for, for Russell Westbrook piece. Really? Yeah, because he's he was over Ben Simmons. Ben, I, you know what the, the thing with a guy like Ben, you know, did you see what came out too with that? They were like, um, he's got to ramp, ramp himself up. He's still, yeah, he's still 
basically he still is in this, I guess. Right, he's, mental pl- health he's, he's, he's playing in two weeks. That's just, he's playing after all-star break. They're just saying that. Yeah, I was about to say, he's going to play after all-star break. And, and you know, I'm gonna, we're going to see a revitalized James Harden because apparently uh, Kyrie wanted him out. And there was, um, and Kevin Durant, when asked about it today while they were picking their teams, he was like, I think everybody got what they wanted. Aaron. All right, we've got the props up and we're ready to go. All right, so here's your here's Parlay Pete's NFL six Super Bowl six pack. In the final uh six pack for the season. I'm really excited about it. It's been a great year. Um and I guess, you know, outside of our offseason, this will be like the last podcast that we do, you know, with active football. It'll be nothing yeah. but yeah. Uh but let's get to it, man. Let's get to what everybody really wants to know. Who the fuck is Parlay Pete taking for the Super Bowl? I'm going to be headed to Vegas tomorrow, and I'm going to be laying a large wager on this. I'm going to take the Rams' money line. I just don't see how a team with all that talent and, you know, they built this team literally for this moment. The game is at home. Joe Burrow is going to have to be on some shit, boy. Let me tell you, if he's going to – if Aaron Donald, we're talking about arguably best defensive player, certainly of this era, but possibly some people think he's up there with LT and, uh, you know, you start talking about that guy's on that side of the ball. you got a Super Bowl MVP in Von Miller. You've got the best corner in the NFL in Jalen Ramsey. Gave up Tom Brady's last touchdown. (laughs) <laughs> he did. Uh, and I don't know. That looked like just a blown coverage. I don't have no idea what happened there. And I spoke about that earlier. I was like, I was like, I shit. I ain't seen the Rams give up no touchdown like that all year. But um, and then you got Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner, a wide receiver. Odell Beckham is WR2. Matt Stafford, a guy who just has been saying, if I just get a chance, I can do it. I have to go with the Rams, man. It's going to be hard for me to, to go against them. I mean, I get it, Joe Brr. It's super duper cold, but I don't think that he's cold enough to fucking freeze Los Angeles. And if he does, it'll be a cold day in hell. So we're going to go ahead and go with the Rams on the money line. Um, for the over-under, I'm going to take over 47 and a half. I'm buying a point here. Um, and I'm kind of doing that more so just because. And I say that because. The thought would be if the game is close, the game has to go over if it's close. And my th- my thinking is that the game is going to be close. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at something like 47. You know, you could get something along the lines of how I think the game is kind of going to play. You got 28, 24, 23. I, I think it'll be something like that. I really do. 28, like 23. And so that puts you at 51, which would go over to the 48 and a half. But just to be safe, we're just going to buy that point. Um, next, we got, uh, we're going to get into the props now. Um, Matthew Stafford for Super Bowl MVP. I just think it's such a quarterback award. And unless Cooper Cup or Odell or even Cam Akers or somebody of, of that nature goes for X amount of yards and catches and touchdowns, it's going to be really hard. And because I'm picking the Rams, I have to pick a Rams player. And he's got the best odds. He's the favorite to win it, and I'm going to just stick with it. He's plus 125. So we're going to go with Matt Stafford uh, on the MVP. 
And, you know, real quick on that MVP, the only way uh, that the quarterback doesn't get it if the offense is, like, clicking like that is, like, Odell has to, like, throw a touchdown, uh, catch two, or you have, like, a jet sweep that breaks for a lot of a lot of yards or a touchdown. You know, it has to be one of those crazy, crazy stat lines that also has a non-receiving touchdown in it. Yeah, look at Julian Edelman in the the Super, the last one against the Rams. He won MVP and he had like eleven catches for like one hundred and fifty yards. So like, you know, there were no there was a touchdown. Sony Michelle got it. I thought Sony was going to get it because he was only like a yard or two short of a hundred, and he had twenty two carries. I figured he was going. He got the touchdown. So I didn't know why. You know, Brady. We knew Brady wasn't going to get it, and so uh, I thought that that I really thought Sony was going to get it. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to go with Matt Stafford there on the MVP. And then the next prop we have, first touchdown jersey number. Um, this one is because it's important to put these odds up too. If, and if you didn't put it down for Matt Stafford, he's plus 125. I got it. Um, so for the uh, first touchdown jersey number, the over under for jersey number is 27 and a half. I'm going to take the over. And it's interesting, obviously, because Cooper Cup is number 18 and Odell Beckham is number three. And Matt Stafford's number nine. I say it's a quarterback sweep. Or if Joe Burrow throws it to Jamar Chase, obviously both of their numbers are under 27 and a half too. Um, and Cam Akers is 23. I have a gut feeling that it's going to be over 27 and a half. And I don't know why, but I just do. And those odds are at plus 120. So that one's more of a gamble. That's a true gamble right there. I just have a gut feeling – that it's going to be somebody that nobody expects to score that first touchdown because everybody's going to be keyed in on who should be scoring the first touchdown. So give me over 27 and a half on the Jersey number uh, for the first touchdown at plus plus one twenty. T Higgins is number 85, baby. Yeah. It could be T if, uh, what's his name for if Bengals score, if, if uh, Uzuma, the tight end, if he plays uh, he's, he's 87 or something like that. Um, you know, there's also the chance of a defensive touchdown. Who's to say that Von Miller doesn't get a strip sack? I don't know. But <laughs> that's over 27 and a half, too. Uh, hopefully, Jalen Ramsey doesn't get a pick six. That'd be a bummer. Um, and it would line him up early in the game for MVP. But yeah. nonetheless, uh, he's like plus 2,800, by the way. But nonetheless, uh, so, yeah, give me over 27 and a half at plus 120. Most people might think that that's a foolish bet. But you you watch and see. We'll go back. We're going to revisit this. So, um, next one, halftime show. Yeah, I'm getting into it like that. That's right. But especially for the final picks of the season, I have to. Um, halftime show. Will any part of Eminem's performance be censored? I'm going to bet yes. <laughs> I do think that he's going to say something to where it's going to be blurred out at some point. And, you know, they got it at minus 180. I feel like it's kind of a steal. He's not a censored, he's not a censored person to begin with. And so I absolutely think that there's going to be a part of his performance that gets censored um, that where they block him out. And that's all it takes for it to get blocked out. And so I do think that that's going to happen. So we got yes at minus 180 on that. And then for the final one, uh, this one's a very interesting one. Two plus field goals scored in the first quarter of the game. These odds are at plus 500. I do think that both teams are going to kick a field goal. I think it's going to be 10-3 after the first quarter. And so I do expect two field goals to get scored um, at plus 500. I really like that. And I was going to be an idiot and honestly throw in a bonus one 
and because I've been joking about it now for like weeks, where like I said I was, uh-uh, that I was going to bet that the Clorox commercial would like air before Priceline or some shit. Because you can bet on this; like these are legitimate things you can bet on. It's this you can bet on what jersey Drake's going to wear. I mean, it's it, it's insane, and so. Um, I'm not going to do it, though. Those are going to be my six-pack, our final six-pack of the 2021-2022 season. All right, so just to recap, man, the final six-pack, we have Rams money line. We're going over 47.5 points. We're going to buy a point there uh, for the game total. Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl MVP at plus 125. First TD touchdown jersey number. Um, over 27 and a half, so plus 120, so that's a number of 28 or higher. Mm-hmm. Halftime show, uh, Eminem will be censored, and that's at minus 180. Yeah. And two-plus field goals in the first quarter plus, at plus 500. Yes. Number six is probably my favorite bet. Is it good, isn't, it good, isn't, it good, good, isn't it a good chance that that happens? Like, Absolutely. Because Super Bowls a lot of times start out kind of slow offensively because each team is filling each other out. You know, they're really into that chess match. Right. Hey, Gucci, you got to move, bro. So, man, he's like he's like underneath the mic, right, right by the microphone, and I had my leg through. So, like, he's – I can't put my leg down. So, anyways, it's been, it's been a good – it's been a good run, Parlay Pete. Um, are you going to be in town next weekend? Yeah, I'll be here next weekend. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's try to get some uh, pictures taken next weekend so we can get that new cover art done. Let's get it done. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, bet. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that later on, man. But thanks so much. Uh, look forward to hearing about Vegas while you're there. Are you going to LA too, or just Vegas? Who knows? If I hit some crazy ass basketball parlays, might be at the game. We'll see. <laughs> All right, man. You have a good one, Doc. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care. <laughs>